Hey, it's Mike Morgan. Welcome to the Sales Champions Academy podcast. I've spent the last 27 years in sales and sales leadership, and in that time I've worked with and interacted with some of the best sales professionals in the world. I created this podcast for salespeople who are looking to achieve and sustain personal sales excellence to become what I call a sales champion. I'm happy to be joined on episode two by Dave Limcool. Dave and I discuss the importance of a work ethic in sales success. We talk about creating your own luck. We also talk about Dave's formula for success, including the importance of winning Wednesday afternoons. And you won't want to miss Dave discussing the importance of having a routine, a playbook, and repeatable processes in order to be successful in sales. Thanks for joining. Make sure you subscribe and tune into every episode. Now sit back, make sure you've got a pen and piece of paper, get ready to take some notes, and know that you'll leave this episode with at least one actionable item that will help you get better as a salesperson today. Thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm happy to be joined by my de- my guest, uh, Dave Limcool today. Dave, welcome to the show, man. Uh, great having you on the Sales Champions Academy podcast and can't wait to uh, to spin through uh, everything we're going to talk about today. Um, I like to start out the podcast having you describe a little about your journey from, you know, where you and I first met at, uh, at a military college in Virginia, the Virginia Military Institute, yeah. fast forward through a career in the Army and, and uh, you know, a move into sales. Um, Based on what I know about your history, I don't think you were dreaming as a young kid about this professional world of sales that you were going to end up in. So give us a little background on your journey, man. Yeah, man. My journey is um, unique. Anybody who sees my LinkedIn profile goes, what the heck is that? Right. It's a it's a little bit of a um, here and there, but I wouldn't change a thing. And, you know, you and I met at school. I went into you know the army going, I'm going to do this until it's you know, until I stopped having fun and I loved it for nine years. Um, you know, I knew I wanted to come out about year eight, right? The gut was telling me, Hey, it's time, which I kind of go back to my gut. I was always, it's a true indicator, right? So went off and got MBA and I, you know, started the process of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, looked around at different options, a lot like of, you know, folks coming out of the military. I had, I just had, I didn't have an idea. And I went into sales, went into business to business, you know, recruiting, and loved it. But I had a grass is greener. You know, I had, hey, what's on the other side? I'm not sure. I had friends in project management. And I went. And I went for, I think it's eight years I went. And I did a number of projects. And I was in, you know, exposed to a number of, you know, just a treasury and project management and compliance and subcontracts. And again, that gut around year eight said, no, you really enjoyed your job in sales. And it took me a while. It took me eight years to get there, but I did. And I came back and I, and I came back into sales and I did 10 years at the same company, individual contributor, president's club, regional director of, you know, a region really grew it, had some great people working with me, had a director role for about a year. And then that gut again said, Hey, how about we try something new? And I went into technology. Technology is where I wanted to go. And then I was blessed, uh, fortunate enough. I just connected with one of the directors at Seamless AI, which is where I'm at now. Had a, a, a chat on a cell phone, got into the process. And two weeks later, I was selling technology and have loved it ever since. Been in it for about a month and a half now. Took a step back, if you will, to individual contributor. Lo- love it. So that's that's kind of my role in two minutes, uh, but it's a 
a great journey I wouldn't change. Yeah, that's an interesting journey. I mean, um, let me ask you, I, I want to follow up with a couple of questions around what your journey has been. So first thing is the Army. What did the, you know, what did military college and the Army teach you that may have uh, been something you could transfer over to your career in sales as you've gotten into Yeah, it? I would say that's a great question, man. And, you know, I think it's two things. I want to go with, you know, things are going to go wrong. Um, you know, you're going to wake up and have a plan. You're going to have a plan for the meeting, for the proposal, for your demonstration. And things are going to go wrong, right? The It may not work right. They're, instead of one person in the meeting, there's going to be five. Instead of five, there's going to be one. Um, you, you know, you may say something off and, you, and, and you're going to have to kind of figure out, hey, I didn't get my meaning across. And now the conversation sidetracked. Um, so things are going to go wrong and you have to understand that, prepare for it and just adapt. Right. And and be flexible with it. And I think, too, is just work ethic. And I, I know that's a very basic element of it. But, man, you create your own luck. I'm a true believer of it. Right. And when I got into sales, when I came out of I came out of project management, I went back into sales and I told myself, hey, I'm going to fully commit. I'm going all in. I was I was a little bit old enough at that point of time to say, okay, I know what all in means. And at that point of time, all in was get to work at 7 a.m., build out my all my follow-up, all my list, all my call planning for that day. Market opens up at 7.45. I'm on the phone from 7.45 to 5 o'clock. And then I do my follow-up from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And then... I went home and started reading books on, you know, on sales, right? And for okay, about wait, five wait, months. Are you, are you saying sales isn't a, a, a nine to five or you, right, you get like, your hour you know, break? People are yeah. like, oh, I want to go make all, you know, I'll, I'll do anything to go make, you know, X amount of money. Really? Because I'll tell you, most people are, there's a, there's a level that people are going to go to, right? And say, okay, what that balance? And now trust me, I'm a big believer in that, in that family and, you know, work-life balance. Don't get me wrong. but when I had to go all in in that boot camp setting of sales, I had to put in the work. And then since then, I've kind of modified my process, but I still try and read a book, you know, once a month. I still try and get in on the computer at 7 a.m., LinkedIn, you know, and then by 6 p.m., 5.30, 6 p.m., I'm shutting it down. You know, I'm getting into dad mode and husband mode and, you know, doing the things that we do, right? But there's an element there, I think, of you have to be committed. Things are going to go wrong, and if you work hard, it'll it'll work itself out usually. So, yeah. So let me. Um, there was a second point that you made in your transition. You you went from your former company as as a director level yeah. to a new company. Are, are you saying that just because you're at the champion <laughs> level, they don't invite you in at the top of your new company? You know, tell me. Uh, I mean, and, and that's a that's a real. I, I kind of joke around about that. That's a real world scenario, and I think it's yeah. important to everybody listening to understand. Sometimes you have to take a step back to take a step forward. So tell yeah. me what that looked like for you. Yeah, and and to, to start with, I appreciate you having me on. It's the the Sales Champion Academy. I I consider myself, you know, I'm still learning. I'm learning every day, right? And I took a step back. I mean, I went from a title regional manager director to a account executive, one I had ten years ago, and you know. I was I was comfortable with that. I was more than comfortable with that because I wanted to be coached. I wanted to learn. I wanted to go into a new industry and come from 
the starting point and just come up and learn it, right? There's there's lessons that I'm getting every day. There's no way I could have come in. No way. I, I would have failed. And I'm blessed to be into a company that recognized and said, man, yeah, Dave has experience and we can coach him, but let's bring in at the account executive level and then, you know, come up and see what happens. Right. And, you know, I still, I have to prove myself. I have to learn, you know, and, and nothing's handed to me. You know, there's no guarantee of, there's no guarantee of promotion or anything of that. And I don't have any, but I love the idea that I'm coming into a new industry and learning from the ground up. And every day I take something away. My, you know, book right beside me here is filled with notes in terms of, you know, what I look at every day. I review those notes in the morning. I try and implement something for that day and, you know, see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, I think um, I think you touched on several key components to a successful sales career. One is you have to be dedicated to being a student. I call a student of the game, meaning you have to continually study not only what you've been doing, but what other people are doing that are doing it maybe better than you, more efficiently, oh, yeah. more effectively to continue to sharpen your own saw and get better, right? Um, oh, yeah. you know, I, think that that's a, I think that's a really important aspect of becoming a salesperson. The other is, you know, you mentioned you got to show up every day and it's not <laughs> a, you know, if I come in on Monday and Thursday and I work really hard and I don't work very hard on Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday, I'm going to be able to rise to the level of champion. That's just not how sales works. It's a much like the military, much like athletics in my case, it's a, you know, you, you earn the positions that you achieve through your hard work and, you know, a break here or there. Mm -hmm. No, hundred percent, man. I mean, you know, I always look at like Wednesday afternoons, right? Wednesday afternoon, 3 PM, right? You've gone through two and a half days and maybe you've had a bad two and a half days. Maybe, you know, you've, you know, law of averages and you're, you're trying to create your own luck, but maybe it's not there. Right. And maybe you didn't have those two good days. If you let your attitude come down, then you just lost, you know, the rest of the day or the rest of the week, um, you know, and and vice versa. You may have had great two days, but now, you know, you're on Thursday and you're like, man, I had I had two killer days. You know, maybe I can kind of take an hour off. Maybe I can kind of not prepare for this meeting as I would. And that'll come back and bite you. You know, so it's a consistent you know, repeatable process in terms of preparation, in terms of just having, you know, in the moment, um, you know, I've learned that like in this new role, I have, I have learned and said, man, you know what? I called in go well, but I have a call in a half hour that I have to get mentally back into the game, ready for, prepare for, and, you know, put my best foot forward. And, you know, I think that's all part of it. It's uh, look that if you if 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 you're listening and you know anything about football or baseball, the best two analogies I have for what you just said, Dave, are, you know, at cornerback in the, uh, you know, in football, the defensive back position. There's a pretty good chance that you're going to get scored on. You're going to get first <laughs> downs thrown against you. But every time the offense lines up, no matter what happened on the previous play, you have to believe you're going to win the next one. And the yep. same thing, you know, in baseball as a as a hitter. You're going to strike out about six, you know, six, six, maybe seven, eight times for every one time you get a hit. You have to walk up to the plate every time expecting to make the hit. Right. I mean, it's and, and in sales, it's critically important that whatever happened in your, you know, your morning routine, whatever happened on your drive into work, whatever happened on that last call that you were on, 
can't have any carryover effect to the next call if you want to ultimately be as successful as you can be. Yeah. You know, I, I think I put something out there on LinkedIn recently on, you know, the baseball analogy. I, I love sports analogies. My sports career ended around age 12. Um, <laughs> you know, so the, but, you know, baseball to me has always been that like mental game, right? It's, it's always that, you know, it, there's a lot of time between pitches, a lot of time between at bats, right? I struck out three times and now I got to come up in the bottom of the ninth and I got to be the person. You know, or I'm going through a one for 22 slump, you know, and I still have to come up. And the Hall of Famers fail seven out of 10 times, right? If you hit 300 in baseball, you're probably going, you're pretty close, right? All-star games, MVPs, you know. So obviously in sales, we don't want to fail seven out of 10 times, but let's put that in perspective. How do I have the mental, you know, ability and kind of platform and stable to where I can understand, hey, it didn't go well. Someone said no, right? I messed up the discovery, which messed up the entire process. Now I have to come back and get better and go back to what I know. And I think you mentioned something there, a keyword routine. Man, I think having a routine and a playbook and a repeatable process is so key in terms of being in like those situations, especially if you're new, right? Like what is my routine on my call? What is my routine in my presentation? How do I get, you know, repeatable so you know, my memory is good and I kind of know where I'm going? So that's that's just something I, I looked at. But, yeah, I love your sports analogies, man. That's huge. So if you're listening to the podcast, stop right now, go back uh, 30 seconds and listen to what Dave said about having a routine, a playbook and a repeatable process that you can work on to create your success. That's a core tenet, I believe to becoming an ultimately successful salesperson and, and achieving that level of sales champion that I think everyone has in them. It's just getting it out and, and, you know, uh, and, and rising to that level. Let me ask you this. What, um, what is your definition of sales? <laughs> my definition of sales. I think my definition of sales is the, the ability or the profession of understanding what one person is trying to accomplish and helping them get there, you know, okay. and, when I was younger in the in the in the sales game, I didn't have that perspective. I really didn't. It was here's my product, and how do I kind of have you buy my product, right? And at the core, obviously, you know, we're into a a process that is is graded, right? Every which I love. Every day, every hour, every month, you can grade yourself against your peers. But I think there's an element of you will gain so much from clients as you talk to them and say, okay, how can I help you? And how, you know, where does my system fit in? What's my product do? You know, um, you know, where can I assist? And I've been at times on calls and in past years where I go, I'd like to help you. I really would, but I can't, you know, and that has gained me credibility with that client for later um, it's gave me referrals. It's, you know, it's, it's really helped. And I, I think there has to be an element of, you know, just understand what they're trying to accomplish and then help them understand maybe how, you know, what you have to offer can get there. And if you do yeah. that right, the whole process is a whole lot easier. 
sometimes the best sale you make is the one that you don't make because it wasn't the right thing to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you um, it, your your uh, perspective on this. I'm a uh, you know I played football through college, um, played you know played sports, played rugby. I've been a, a coach. Um, I'm a very competitive person, and uh, it took me a long time to learn that the most effective and um, I believe best way to execute your position as a salesperson is to serve. So it's bringing a servant's mentality yeah. to the world of, of sales. You know, a, a servant seller is, is what, mm -hmm. I, what I refer to that as. Yeah. How do, you, how do you balance competitiveness with the need to serve? Man, you know, I mean, I'm, again, I'm blessed to be on a team where we're all, you know, we're all good. Um, that's why I, I've learned so much in my short time is that I have so many people to go to and learn from. And, you know, likewise, if someone comes to me, you know, and says, hey, what do you think on this? I'm going to provide it. Now, don't get me wrong. I want my name at the at the top, but I'm never going to stop and hold back information from somebody in terms of on my team. That's just not who yeah. I am. Right. That That's just. You know, I mean, I can't conceive of that, quite honestly. I can't wrap my head around it. Um, I also think there's an element you know, with your clients. You know, like we said, you know, maybe it's not the right sale now. Maybe they don't need the huge package. Maybe they need what you have over here, right? It's smaller, smaller in revenue, smaller in the piece. But you know what? It's right for them. And that's how I've always approached, you know, sales is that, you know, I go to bed at night feeling good about what I did, what I said, how I conduct myself, um, you know, and how hard I work and, and the results will come if I go into a repeatable process and work hard and I do it with honesty and integrity. And that's kind of how that's I view it. That's huge. Let me ask you, what is, um, what do you think is the most important thing to your day-to-day -day success as a salesperson? It is just understanding and taking good notes. And I know that sounds like, hey, yeah, okay, good notes. But you know what? I have, like, you can ask the best discovery question in the world, but if you don't take good notes on it and capture it, it's gone, right? Or these little comments of, hey, I have to talk to my vice president. Well, let's, let's remember that, right? So that in the follow-up, I can go, hey, how'd the call go with your vice president, right? Or you know, how long they've been at the company and like what challenges they're facing. Let's take good notes on that because someone who's been at a company you're talking to for six years is a different perspective than someone who's been there for six months. Um, you know, but I think capturing the information off every call, right? I, I always used to tell people that I was training, get something out of every call, get information, mm -hmm. get understanding, get next steps out of every call and then capture it, you know, and everybody complains, oh, CRM work and capturing data and what do I need? And, you know, and such like that. And believe me, I was there. I, I, I was, I was like one of those people. And then one day I realized, man, I'm losing money by not capturing data that I should be capturing. And now that I have it, I can use it in terms of this process and helping this process move forward. And, you know, ever since then I take copious notes get to my CRM, always have a backup. And it's helped me. It really has. It's, that's huge, man. And look, if you're listening, 
again, stop, rewind, listen to that again. Uh, one of the biggest frustrations I've had in coaching salespeople is when they don't take notes because you will not remember everything that was discovered or revealed in the sales meeting if you haven't taken notes. That's a guarantee. You will not retain 100% of that information. There are often little nuggets of information that are going to be critically important to you getting that sale to that potential sale to a close that if you miss, you will prevent you from from getting to a close. And, you know, more than anything, um, I used to think as a young salesperson, well, you know, I maintain eye contact. I want to have fluid conversation. You know, if I'm taking notes, I'm distracted and I'm not listening. Everyone needs to take notes. It's perfectly acceptable whether you're doing something virtually like we're doing or if you're sitting down beside someone, when they say something of meaning, it's not only a good idea, I think it's a show of respect to mm -hmm. the importance of the statement that they made to take a note about that. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely going to help you as you go back to try and solve the problems that they have. I mean, that's uh, such a good point you made. Um, Tell me about your, you wake up, uh, you know, it's it's a random Tuesday. What's the ideal sales day look like for, uh, you know, for Dave? I am getting up um, and I am kind of getting my mind right, if you will, right? Like, I don't like to be rushed, which is a comical, you know, a comical statement coming from a military and where we came from, where it's a constant, right. you know, constant rush, right? But the morning for me, I want to have A, a routine. And I'm into the routine of, hey, I'm getting up. I'm going to try and get a workout in. Um, I try because, look, let's be honest, I like to sleep in sometimes too. Okay. Um, you know, I want to get to my computer by about 7, 7.15. I want to check my emails. I want to get all that out of the way. I want to have a clean slate going into my 8 a.m. with a clean head. I don't want to have something hanging over my head that's going to distract me from, you know, where I'm at in terms of the process. Usually right now, you know, we're going to have a stand-up meeting, which I love. Um, it is conversations just like this. We're sharing from the previous day. We're sharing from a win. We're sharing from a loss. Hey, how would we lose it, right? And we hate it, but let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about why we lost, right? Or let's talk about that big win or that email crafting and what wording we're using. Um, you know, and then I'm into a pipeline follow-up, right? How am I keeping consistent? What's my you know, closest one that I really need to get back to and what's something that, you know, I can shift maybe to the afternoon that's not as critical. And then obviously I'm going into my demonstrations, client presentations and such like that. And then that momentum is building, you know, throughout the day. But, you know, for me, it's about routine. It's about getting your head right. However, however that is, if that's yoga, meditation, cup of coffee, just get your head right clear out everything and then go into it with, you know, man, you know, ready to go, you know, ready to win. Yeah. Have a plan for your day. Uh, get your mind right. Get your body right. That's one of the things that uh, I think we don't talk enough about in sales. Um, and it's, again, you know, if you look into athletics, the, you know, the, the athlete in the NFL 15 to 20 years ago, probably couldn't make the team today because of all the advances mm -hmm. in the, phys the the physiological advances that the, the athletes have made through their diet and exercise routines and their mindset uh, routines. I'm a, I, I do believe as a salesperson, you've got to have a healthy body and healthy mind because it's a very 
um, physically and mentally taxing profession, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, getting told no a lot and and having to work the hours that you have to work to be a successful salesperson can take a toll on your body and your mind. And I think that um, there, I, I've seen more of it, but I still don't think it's caught into the mainstream. You know, how do you take care of your mind and your body to make sure that you're prepared to show up as your best every day? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I don't, I get my tidbits on the news, but I don't watch it because it's it's a negative, right? And yeah. I want positive. I want to hear of the you know positive stories. Like I want to hear of the positivity that's that's going on, and it kind of feeds you, you know. And even the small wins you celebrate with your team. You talk about a team, and you know the servant. Man, celebrate them. You're gonna have a small win. They're so hard to get, right? Like you work so hard, yep. get, celebrate that win, you know, and then remember what you did to get it. What did I do to get this win? Like, did I prepare extra? Did I do extra research? Did I ask the right question? Did I just ask for the sale better? Did I close better? Right. Heck, I'm still yeah. learning. That's, that's still probably the biggest takeaway that I've had in the past six weeks is my closing, you know, and, and. And I can talk on it a little bit later, but it's, it's, you know, Hey, how do I sound? And I have to listen back and I'm like, ugh, I'm like, you know what? I can get better at that, you know? And, yeah. and that's a big, you know, that's a big piece. What, um, if you, if you look forward and you're, you're performing at your very best, you're at the, you're at the peak of Dave's ability as a sales professional. Yeah. Um, what did you do to get there? And what are you doing to stay there, more important? Yeah, I think you have to learn every day. I said that, but I'm going to come back to it because I think you get to a point of your of your time when you say, I've been in sales for five years, 10 years, 15, 20, you know, and you go, hey, I have this. And maybe you're in the top third of your company. Maybe you're always in President's Club, right? But yeah. there's always somebody coming to beat you. Your competitors come in to beat you. There's always someone coming to beat you, right? And I always used to have, and I had a, um, you know, my old boss was when I was an, an account executive and I would look at the board. It was like the 18th or you know 19th of the month. I already kind of had quota. I was already into, you know, looking at, you know, where am I going to be for the month in the company? Am I going to hit one or two or three? And I started having this uneasy feeling about next month. Right. And I was like, you know, I was like, Steve, it's great that I'm into this month. I said, but I'm already looking at next month. How am I preparing for next month? What am I doing to have the meetings, to have everything set up? And he kind of laughed and he said, you know, that's the feeling that you want. You want to always have that a little bit of that feeling, you know, has been, you know, has been, it's good. It's good to have of Hey, I'm good now. What can I do to improve? What can I do to, you know, make sure I stay on top? And that, and that's, that's just, you know, I didn't I didn't understand it, you know, honestly, when I had it. And he said, No, no, no. He goes, Keep that. That's that's what you want. That's huge. I think that that is a necessary and probably uh, under discussed characteristic of a of a top level sales professional is 
they are driven to do better than they did today, tomorrow. And they're constantly looking at whatever, wherever the bar is set, what do I need to do to inch it up a little higher? I think that, um, I think you articulated that great. Um, thinking about the, if you think about the fundamentals of sales, we, we identify ideal client profiles. We reach out to try and get that initial engagement, that lean in moment. Once we've got the engagement, we're going to walk them through a discovery process and hopefully at some point have the opportunity to pitch, close and serve, right? So it's, it's a, that's the sales fundamental universe. What do you think is the most important step in the sales process? Like what's the one that you absolutely cannot be at the top of your game if you don't get it right? And secondarily, as a follow-up to that, what's the one that you struggle with the most that you're constantly working to improve? Yeah, the the first one is 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 discovery. It's the foundation, right? It's where you start. Um, it's your first impress. It's probably your first impression with you know your prospect or your client, and they know, right? They're looking to tell you what is you know is challenging them. Um, if you ask the right question, you're probably going to make them stop and think. And that's when you know you really have a good question. When you make them stop and think and go, wait, I didn't think about it that way. Let me let me think about this. You know, hey, I have a really good question. You know, it's thought provoking. Maybe it's a, a problem they didn't know they had. Maybe you're articulating something you see in the market and you say, hey, have you seen this? You know, but you have to get discovery right. It has to be there. You know, and when you get that right, man, now everything flows like what you're talking about in additional meetings flows. Hey, you know, your KPI that came out of that discovery that you want to achieve. Now I can help you understand how do I measure what I'm doing versus what you need? Or, you know, hey, what problem did you have in the past where I can differentiate myself, you know, from maybe a competitor who, you know, you used in the past? So I think 100% is on discovery, 100%. It's the foundation of the, the process. It's step one. For me, personal, it's 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 on the close, quite honestly, right? If I'm bearing soul, um, it's, you know, I have, you know, at times I'll kind of take like the 80% here, you know, the one way and the 80% to the right, the other way. But am I really asking the hard question of going, you know, hey, I'd like you to have I'd like to bring you onto the platform. Is this something you can see yourself doing in the next five yeah. to seven days? And then shut up, yep. right? And you know, we all like to talk. And I, I've, I've listened to my playback before, and I'm like, I didn't ask a good question or a good statement, or I did ask the right question. I kept yeah. talking, and I just sit there and I sit there and take notes. I'm like. This is hard to listen to, but I got to do it to improve. And, and that's where I've improved over the past month. But I'm still that's still the one place where I'm going to keep. Yeah, you working. said a couple of great things there. Um, I would I would agree. The discovery uh, step is probably the most critical step on several levels. Number one, that's where you find out if there is a the potential for a real opportunity and relationship to develop. Because, frankly, if what you have as a solution or a suite of solutions doesn't ultimately fit with the goals, needs, or desires of the person or the company that you're calling on, there's just never going to be an opportunity. So, you know, that that's super important. The other, the other nuance that you said there that I want everyone who's listening to make sure that you take away and write this down is 
the questions that you ask are the key factor in a successful discovery meeting. And what I mean by that is, if you ask the same questions that the last 27 salespeople who sell what you sell ask, <laughs> you're going to get the same answer that they got. And it's going to be a canned answer. It's like interviewing people for podcasts. You know, one of the things that I try to do is come up with some questions that you weren't expecting. So you have to stop. And, and, and when you ask a question to someone that they weren't expecting, you get a more raw and real answer. You don't get the conditioned response that they've built up over a period of time. So that's a, that's a really important factor. The other thing that I would argue and, and suggest, you know, both to you and to everyone listening is the close is just a natural outcome from everything you did up to the point where you're ready for them and you believe that they're ready to move forward, right? It's if you ask great questions and you got mutual agreement that there is a need and the, this, the, the conditions for solving that need are available. And if that need was solved, it would be more beneficial to the person or the company you've got an implicit sale has been closed. Like, yes, I, this would benefit me. It would benefit us mm -hmm. getting to that close. I think a lot of salespeople to put too much pressure on themselves for that moment. It's if you built all of the right things into the process that that close is just the natural outcome. And, and to your point, a nuance there is knowing when to say, do you want to go ahead and move forward? And then silence, you know, should we move forward in the yeah. next five days? Silence. Um, lot, uh, th there's just a lot of uh, there, a lot of value. I mean, I, I love uh, I love what you're go where you're going and, and the things that you're talking about, because they're so useful for everybody that's going to be listening. Um, let me ask you uh, to wrap this up. I've got a couple of questions. Um, what are the two things you struggle with um, daily that have the biggest potential to be positively impactful or negatively impactful on your career? On my career that I struggle with daily. So you're going to hit one of these questions here that I'm not prepared for. That's a, that's a great one, Mike. So that I struggle with daily on my career, man, you know, I think I, you know, we do a lot of work um, in the IT field, right? It's technology and I have to dive into that, right? You know, so when I get clients who are in recruiting or in marketing or you know, something of that nature, I have a background in it. I can understand it. I can talk to them very fluidly. You know, I have to get into and take myself, you know, further and deeper into the clients that I am talking to. And, you know, the IT industry to me is, you know, a lot of acronyms, but I have to, I have to get better at it and I have to. And, and, and when I do, I'm going to have better conversations yep. with my clients, you know, truly understanding it. Now I'm never going to be an expert in it, but man, I'm going to prove to them that I took the time to go learn their industry when I had the, you know, conversation and I'm probably going to have them open up more to me and I'll be able to ask better questions at discovery because I know more about, you know, their issues, their problems, the industry and, you know, and what's going on. So I think to further my career and, and what I'm doing now, I have to learn more on the IT industry and, and big data and all these, you know, phrases right now that I'm just now coming into. So I have to take that to the next level. And the second one that I would say that I have to, you know, get with is I got to make sure on time management of where I'm at, right? Because certain, you know, there are certain pieces of the puzzle that I can do better, that I can get more efficient at, right? 
as the pipeline grows, more people are going to be asking for your time. More deals are going to try and close. More trials are going on. You know, RFP processes are now going to start. You're going to get into more complex yeah. stuff, right? So you got to be efficient in what you do. And, and that can be, you know, if you just trim off a little bit on, hey, do I have my standard email kind of set that I can craft and I can be efficient with? How am I organizing my pipeline to make sure that I'm efficient with this? Um, even my meetings, you know, hey, just because you have an hour block with a client doesn't mean you got to take an hour block with a client and and fill up the time. Hell, they're going to, you know, praise you for giving back 20 minutes of their time, right? If you do it. And I, I think for me, it's a, it's a time, it's efficiency. It Maybe not time management, but efficiency. If I can get efficient, then... All these things I'm I'm doing and trying to implement, I can do it at a larger Fantastic, scale. Man. That's uh, that's universal advice. If if anyone can tackle those two things, whoever's listening, you're <laughs> gonna get uh, you're gonna get better. All right, last question. Um, you're you're in your last hours on uh, you know on planet Earth, and the future of sales is dependent on the blueprint you leave behind, and all you can you can just leave this document behind. It's the blueprint for how to sell successfully. What what does that look like? What what's included in that blueprint? Well, in the blueprint, I think you have to start with identifying your ideal, you know, client, right? The entire market is open. You heard me say it, but that doesn't mean I'm calling everybody that is, you know, in a business, right? I want to understand who my ideal clients are, where I have my most success, you know, where who could really use my product, and that's going to focus me for for step one. Step two is I want my initial message to be different. I want it to be meaningful. If, you know, I want it to be unique, right? If your initial message is just, just like you said, just like everybody else in the market, well, then you blend in with everybody else in the market and you don't make yourself unique and you probably won't get, you know, them to pick up your, your phone call when you do call. Um, and, and then from there, I think you go into kind of what we said in terms of, Hey, discovery, right? And you you get 30 seconds on the phone. Hey, can I have your time? Yes, let's ask, let's ask a thought-provoking question. If, you're, if your first question of a meeting is thought-provoking, you're good. That's your first impression as a sales professional, right? If it's, hey, you know, so tell me about your business. Fail. Just, Fail. just stop, right? right? Just, <laughs> just stop, just stop, right? But if your first question is thought-provoking, Okay, now you're set. And then the last thing is do what you say you're going to do. If you say you're going to get a proposal out on Wednesday, then that proposal goes on Wednesday. I don't care if it's 10 o'clock at night. That's fine. Just tell your client, hey, look, I'm a little backed up. I had to get approval on this. I want to make it right for you. I will have it out tonight. But, man, when you tell a client something, you're going to do something. And then you don't do it, even if it's a simple follow up email, phone call, you know, even proposal, it lends to your credibility. And then how can I trust you with more of my business when we can't even get on the same page in terms of, you know, when I'm going to have an email from you or a proposal. Right. So just, you know, I think those are the things I would leave back. But, man, you hit me with two hard questions at the end that I'm, um, you know. Hopefully, I gave you something of value you, there, Mike. You brought the heat on the uh, on the two questions, Dave. Those uh, those were both great answers. Um, if if the listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? 
Oh, uh, LinkedIn. Um, you know, it's right there. I, I am, I'm trying to post now once a day, once every other day. Um, You're doing a great job have, of that, by the way. We have, thank you for that. We have, we have some exciting things going on um, at Seamless, you know, top 50 startups. Um, you buy LinkedIn for 2020. We're crazy excited about it. Um, but yeah, I would, I would love to connect you know, with your listeners and hear about what they're doing, learn from them, you know, truly. Um, and I'll be really interested to hear your next guest on this podcast. I think you have some amazing questions and I want to learn. Uh, so thanks for having me, man. It, it's, it's been a you know, pleasure and uh, great to connect once again. Yeah, Dave, thanks for coming on. You've been a fantastic guest. Anyone who listens to this podcast at any level of sales is going to walk away with a couple of aha moments like, oh, it's either something that they didn't know they should be doing that you've, you, I mean, you've dropped some real, real like solid advice and some gold nuggets on the, on the, on the episode here. People are going to walk away with, oh, I need to do that. Or if they've been doing, uh, you know, sales successfully for a while, I guarantee you there are going to be a couple of things where they say, oh man, I used to do that. It helped me get to where I was, you know, where I am. I need to start doing those things again. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Fantastic. Uh, you know, you've been a fantastic guest. You are the embodiment of a sales champion. It doesn't matter where you are in the journey. It's all of the work that you put in to get there. That's, you know, that's part of the champion's mentality. And uh, I just appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom and, and kind of insights with our, uh, with our listeners. I appreciate it, Mike. It's been so much fun, dude. And uh, we're definitely going to you know, do something maybe outside of this and uh, get together. But, you know, thank you again, man. I look forward to it, Dave. Have a great one. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for joining Dave and I today. I'm a believer that we all have the potential to become a sales champion, and if you aren't there yet, that's okay. My hope is the stories and advice you hear on this podcast will help you get there. Everyone, and I mean everyone in sales, has the ability to become a sales champion. Make sure you subscribe to my podcast, check back on every new episode. I promise you, you're going to leave with at least one actionable step that's going to help you get better as a salesperson and make sure that you not only get to the level of sales champion, but you stay there. Thanks for tuning in today.